Hey, it's Andrew Morgan, host of the NOMCAST, the Netflix original movie podcast. Each week we preview and review the biggest Netflix original movies with special guests from the film industry, the music industry, comedians, and of course our fellow critics and podcasters. The NOMCAST is available on nomcastpod.com or wherever you get your podcasts, on the socials at nomcastpod, and is a part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Elise. Host of Crackin' One Open with Mike and Elise. A podcast about brews, news, and pop culture reviews. Every Friday, we choose a new craft beer from a different brewery and talk about... The history of the beer. What's in it. How it was made. The history of the brewery. Along with tasting notes and more fun facts. After that, come chill with us as we bring you the latest in pop culture news and reviews. So check out Crackin' One Open, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Welcome to another episode of Two Player Bros. I'm Mike. With me tonight is not Dave. He's not feeling well. So this is going to be a solo episode. Uh, sorry about skipping last week's episode. I had some day job related things I needed to do that night. But we are back and we're going to do... Uh, it's a bit of a slow news day, so it'll probably be a quicker episode. There are a couple of E3 things I wanted to talk about that we didn't touch upon last episode uh, that are kind of glaring omissions, at least I think. And then talk about uh, some other small news things that have happened uh, since then as well. So the first thing I want to talk about is one of the most glaring omissions, I think, from when we were talking about E3 two weeks ago. Uh, and that is Stalker 2. Stalker 2 looks incredible. Uh, if you haven't played the original Stalker, like I haven't, it's a game that seems to take place in Chernobyl. A lot of paranormal stuff happens. Uh, honestly, I don't think you need to know more than that. Uh, I don't. And I'm super in. I am interested. I do kind of want to play the original Stalker. I know it has a little bit of a cult following. But this new game really is probably the very first thing I have seen that really showcases what next-gen power can do, what ray tracing can do, what the future of graphics, not just on consoles, but PC as well, can can really accomplish. Uh, the game looks smooth. It looks realistic. It looks, I mean, it looks gross because it's uh, like wet and cold and foresty and dead leaves and trees and, and kind of like what you'd think a you'd picture Chernobyl to kind of look like after the fallout. Although obviously uh, if you actually go to Chernobyl, you'll find the trees and stuff are really alive. But that being said, it looks beautiful in its grotesqueness. It looks beautiful in how graphically impressive it is, how the light reflects all the water, all the moisture, all the materials. It just looks like a fantastic game. And I think the setting and the tone of the game look great. Uh, I don't know if you can set the game to English. I wouldn't want to, though. I think setting it uh, with them speaking Russian is really, really cool uh, and adds to the flavor of the game. Obviously, you play as a stalker uh, who is some kind of, I guess, wasteland watchman. And you go into the exclusion zone and you just do different missions. I guess you make choices uh, and your choices have ramifications. You have to scan for these anomalies, which in one of the trailers just look like this big pocket of interdimensional bubble stuff that you wanted to look out for. And 
who knows, maybe monsters. You're clearly wearing some kind of tactical gear and a gas mask and stuff like that. So I'd imagine that fresh oxygen, clean water, all of that kind of goes into it. And the gunplay looks pretty good too. It's probably semi-realistic. It just looks like what could be an amazing, amazing game. Uh, It is also coming to um, PC, Xbox Series X and S in April 2022. So we've got a while to wait for this one. I know it's been teased for a little bit, um, but man, this game is probably one of the only things outside of maybe some IP, you know, franchise stuff that I'm I'm really looking forward to. This game really excites me uh, and I want to see more. and like I said, it makes me want to go back and check out the other Chernobyl games as well and or Stalker games as well and check that out. So I guess originally announced in 2010, it is now 2022 that it comes out. So it's been a long wait for people that are actually huge fans of the game. Um, but it looks like it's going to make them proud and probably bring a whole bunch of new fans into the Stalker series. So, yeah, I just wanted to talk a little bit more about that. The next thing I wanted to talk about was uh, the Zelda uh, conference. Obviously, we talked a little bit about the new Breath of the Wild sequel, which is interesting. I I mean, I'd like to get an Ocarina of Time sequel, but I guess we got that with Majora's Mask. Um, But we didn't really talk about WarioWare. Get it together. Uh, It looks really, really fun. It's a two player game. Uh, If you haven't played the other WarioWare games, they are really dumb uh, little mini games that you play. But it's a quick time. They're really fun mini games, and it's perfect for the portable Switch system. You know, going on shorter trips or just you know a decently space trip like a train ride, and not having to really pay a lot of attention to the game. Uh, and it's also just a fun time with a friend if you can't think of what to do and you don't want to get involved in anything long, like a full-on co-op experience or a full-on multiplayer game where you're probably going to get sucked into it for hours on end. You can play this for like 30, 45 minutes and get through a decent amount of the mini games and play some of your favorites over again and be done. Uh, so I think that's it. It's just a really fun game that I'm very excited about. And the other one we didn't really talk much about is Mario Party Superstars, which is actually going to be online finally. You'll be able to play with online people, which is perfect. Um, I don't believe we mentioned it last episode, but I'm really excited for it. It could take some of the best games from Mario Parties 1 through 3 and takes a whole bunch of their mini games. And I think that's really exciting. The ability to play with online people adds to it because, you know, especially during the pandemic and onward or just, you know, being more of an adult, it's tough to really get everyone in the same room together to play a Mario party game, but it's easy to be able to say, Hey, you want to, you know, get together online at, you know, so-and-so o'clock and we'll play, you know, a, a game of Mario party. I think that's really cool. And Mario parties one through three are some of the best Mario parties there are. And so I'm pretty excited about that. I think that's really cool. And then we didn't really complain about Mario, uh, Smash Bros, which is kind of a classic for, I think, us on two-player bros. Uh, It is a character from a video game, which is cool. Um, But again, it's an anime-type character. Kazumi Mishima from the Tekken universe. Uh, It's it's the penultimate DLC character for Super Smash Bros. Again, I guess I'm just not the... audience for Super Smash Brothers anymore. I guess that I just... The, the ball has rolled on my time. I enjoy the silly or the classic Nintendo characters, you know, Zelda, uh, Link, Mario, Yoshi, Bowser, uh, Peach, 
the little shroom guy, the fact that they've got, you know, Donkey Kong in there, Diddy Kong. There's so many other cartoony characters like that. I mean, Sonic the Hedgehog, all you have is Sonic. There's Knuckles, there's Tails. You could put Eggman in there. Uh, Banjo and Kazooie is in there. That's great. But there are a ton of other video game characters like Crash Bandicoot could maybe even be a character that you could put in there. If you talk to people about it, it's a shame that they've gone this kind of serious kind of anime brawler route when that could be its own game uh, in its own right. It's not maybe something I would be super interested in, but it's something that I think that there's a a subset of fans within Super Smash Bros. that kind of share my opinion. There must, um, but also there must not be because they keep putting out these anime characters. So I guess I am playing the wrong, weird, funny, childlike video game. Um, but what are you going to do? It is what it is, and that's all there is to it. Another thing I wanted to talk about and touch upon, which I don't think we talked about at all in the last episode because I don't think Dave likes it much, uh, but I do, and I really haven't been able to play it much because I don't have anyone to really play it with. I've been trying to get my brother, uh, Alex, to play with me on uh, on the PC with uh, Game Pass Ultimate, but we have yet to kind of get together on that. I don't think he's opposed to the idea. But the Pirates of the Caribbean expansion pack looks to make the game kind of something more akin to what uh, I've always wanted to do, which is kind of be in that same kind of world as Jack Sparrow. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of the first uh, three movies, uh, not so much any of the other ones. They are terrible. But I do like the concept of the world that Captain Jack Sparrow lives in. And I think that's kind of where you want to have fun pirating adventures. You want to have fun pirating adventures in the vein of Indiana Jones and that like. Uh, and although I do like Sea of Thieves and I like the atmosphere they bring, I think having, you know, hints of Davy Jones there and having an overarching villain that just is really cool. And Davy Jones is a fantastic uh, pirate villain is something the game kind of needs or, or or something that would help the game. I think, you know, adding in certain you know, musical cues from the Pirates of the Caribbean, which had an amazing soundtrack uh, and some aesthetic from Pirates of the Caribbean will help the game immensely as well uh, to grow its audience, to spread the word about it, and also just to have a whole lot of fun. I think that people want have wanted a good Pirates of the Caribbean game, and although their movie tie-in game, one of them, I can't remember which one, was decent, it was far from great, and uh, I think... This is a swashbuckling adventure pirate game, the likes of which uh, we haven't gotten before. So to see it kind of upgrading and and moving on, moving forward and uh, including this game that clearly probably inspired it uh, in, in a little bit of a way is pretty fun to see. So I'm excited to play the Pirates of the Caribbean update, which I believe is out now. So I do want to kind of download that and jump in, although I do know the game is also a huge, huge game, which is another thing I didn't bring up because of Dave, which is Microsoft Flight Simulator coming to Xbox. I got tried to get it on my PC. Uh, it destroyed my 1060 uh, graphics card. And although I've updated my motherboard uh, and CPU since then, I still don't think it would play great. And I also know it is a huge, 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 huge game in terms of memory, uh, in terms of how much you need how much space you need to download the game. So it'd be interesting to see how big that is on the Xbox Series X because the Xbox Series X does not have a lot of memory. I'm constantly deleting games to try to install them because they are not going to work right or work um, with the same graphic fidelity on the external hard drives. And, you know, the velocity drive is another 300 something dollars, which is just absolutely mind blowing and ludicrous to increase your storage space. So we'll see how big the game for Series X is without losing much of uh, 
the graphics and the mods and all the stuff that make Flight Simulator great. Um, but we'll, we'll see. I am interested to see how that ends up going. I might download it for like a day and then reinstall everything that I had to delete to make that happen. All right, and then moving out of E3, uh, something that I've actually read um, just yesterday uh, as I'm recording this, which got me excited. It was the first really big thing, video game news thing that I was excited about, other than maybe the reveal of more of the Evil Dead game or Jurassic World Evolution 2, was that uh, they've officially announced a control multiplayer spinoff, and there's more control games in the works. So this is a little bit more of a confirmation of what we talked about a long time ago, where Remedy, the uh, studio that made Alan Wake and Control, which kind of exist within their own universe, uh, which is, I guess, now going to be called a control universe, uh, is actually in the making and the multiplayer game that they were working on the rumored multiplayer game is control which makes a complete makes complete sense uh control a was an amazing amazing game that's right up my alley combining uh video games with like twin peaks and the x-files i think it was absolutely astounding and kind of worked to set them in an investigative agency that realized these things existed instead of you know, the X-Files where it was always like, oh, maybe they do, maybe they don't. The control universe, they know and they use these things to capture more of these things uh, to keep the world safe or at least to investigate why things go nuts. And the gameplay mechanics were very similar to what you would think would be perfect for an online co-op video game where you are teamed up with someone else using similar power sets, you know, upgrading your person, becoming, you know, the tank, the protector, the shield person, you know, you have so many powers in this game. It makes it perfect. Uh, and the spinoff right now is codenamed Condor. It's going to be a four player co-op game. Um, and it's going to be a PVE game. Ooh, fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. I'm very excited about it. One of my things about control was the upgrade system and the experience points you get seemed a little pointless because you could build yourself to perfection, which I do like. I don't like being limited. I like if I can keep earning it and unlock stuff, go for it. But it just seemed like it could have gone further. I could keep playing the game and making new builds for my character or really focusing on being a tank or a DPS or this or that, like that was in there and that my guns could mean something a little bit more than what they do. Um, because everything in control felt good. The movement felt good. The flying felt good. Protecting yourself with the shields and your force powers and your guns, your one gun that transformed into a bunch of guns, which I love. Uh, I just, I want to see more of that. I want more of that. You know, maybe I'm not the director this time, but I'm a, a person that works with the director and we get to kind of explore the universe. Um, Jesse is the director, the main character from the first control and just explore what's going on in the game. I mean, they, they do kind of leave it open-ended. Jesse's the new director. Um, you know, the foundations down there, there's forces at play trying to take down, uh, the offices of control, her brother's still in a, in a, in a cell. So there's a lot still going on in that. Obviously Alan Wake is still out there somewhere, um, missing. I'm very excited to see where this co-op game goes and that they're making more games other than just that. So maybe we will see uh, stuff focusing on Jesse's story. I do like that. They've kind of glommed onto uh, the fact that control is fantastic. And this game is not just a throwaway game. Um, 
it's almost a little bit less, but it's almost the exact same budget as Control, which makes sense that it might be a little bit less because Control was a brand new game on a brand new system. And this game, you're bringing in, you know, multiplayer components, but you could probably stay, still build off the same engine and combat systems and all of that. So I am very, very, very excited about this game. Uh, this is going to be of the games that I don't think I've seen. We've seen nothing of. Uh, this game is is probably number one on my list. Uh, other than maybe Indiana Jones, I know I'm a, I'm a stickler for my Indiana Jones. So I'd say my top games of we've seen nothing of, but we know they're coming out would probably go, uh, this game, the control multiplayer spinoff, Indiana Jones, and then massive Ubisoft's, um, star Wars game. Uh, but yeah, I think it would go in that order because I am a huge, huge fan of that control universe. I have been ever since Alan Wake. So that is definitely something I am very, very interested in. Another bit of news that doesn't quite upset me, but I'm sure will upset quite a few people that do love the games. Uh, the Elder Scrolls Six, although they announced it, uh, what was it, maybe 2020 E3 or maybe even 2019, um, it, it's not coming out for a long time. I Todd Howard has said it's still in the design phase, making sure that the creation engine two, which is going to run their new upcoming game, Starfield, which everyone's excited about. Um, they're making sure that it can handle everything they want to do with it and all that. So the fact that they're still testing to make sure the engine is going to work with their game means we've got a while to go. It's kind of the same way with, um, Hellblade send you was uh, sacrifice too. that game was announced. I believe 2018, maybe also 2019. And we haven't really seen much of it since this year at E3 or at the extended E3 Xbox conference. We saw that they're still working on the tech. They have a little slice of the game built uh, to make sure that it'll do what they want to do and they're building it out. So some of these games like that with these new engines, this new technology, the new things they want to do really push the limits of what is real and, um, you know, what they can do in terms of uh, photogrammetry and making everything as real as possible, putting real textures, real lighting, real everything into the game takes time. And all this new technology is going to take time as well. So kind of like Dave says, making these announcements so far ahead of time, it's both exciting and really frustrating, I think, to fans, uh, especially fans for like Elder Scrolls 6, who have already been waiting for a long time. I mean, Skyrim came out forever ago and it's been out on every single system since uh so i would have not maybe announced this until after you showed us more of starfield once starfield is closer in the pipeline maybe you know christmas this year once people have seen starfield in action i'm sure by then uh because it comes out in 2022 it was a come out holiday 2022 Ooh, i don't know um <laughs> but you know don't announce something this big that far in advance um, it's going to get people's hopes up or just say, listen, it's going to be, you know, five, six, seven years before you see this game, but just know we are making it. We are have people on it. It's probably the same with the Indiana Jones game. You know, I'm very excited about it, but all he did was announce it. Although they did, they say they're in production. Does that mean they've written it? Does that mean it's, it's also being designed? Does that mean they're also figuring out, you know, what kind of game it is? Do they still not even know if it's a first person game or a third person action game? All these things need to be known before, you know, we should get excited about a game. But that being said, 
it does keep generating buzz the more you, the earlier you announce it. So I can see that too. But if you're excited for Elder Scrolls Six, don't hold your breath. It's going to be a long, long time. Something else that was recently announced since our last episode that I'm kind of excited about is that the Aliens Fireteam game uh, that we talked about about four episodes ago uh, has now been rebranded as Aliens Fireteam Elite. Don't ask me why. Uh, and is coming out August 24th of this year. Now, based on the fact that uh, IGN, a site that I frequent, had a walkthrough video and they played a, a couple matches with the developers of the game, it did look like it was pretty far along, but I still didn't think we'd see this until maybe Christmas this year. Uh, and here it is, uh, coming out August 24th. I was surprised we didn't see this at E3, but I guess that's why this game is pretty far along in its production and we're going to see it shortly. Uh, I'm a big fan of Aliens. Um, I talked about a few episodes ago. I think this game looks fun. Uh, it doesn't look like it's going to break the mold in any way, but anything more aliens is pretty cool with me. Uh, the game is only $40, which I'm not surprised about. It does seem like a shorter game uh, in terms of it, it is pure co-op uh, adventure. And I believe that say there's like only six or seven areas, which little stages within them. So maybe pricing it at $40 is the right way to go. There is a $70 upgrade version as well, which has four cosmetic DLC upgrades uh, that are skins and uh, weapon colors, head accessories. I'm going to guess like the headband uh, from one of the characters and aliens and stuff like that. But I think that's all pretty cool as well. Um, it's got 11 different types of Xenomorph. So fans of the old action figures from the nineties will probably be chomping at the bit to see if any of your old action figures made different kind of enemy types. Uh, and, uh, along with that 11 different kinds of Xenomorphs, but there's 20 enemy types in the game. So there's going to be, you know, androids, probably other people trying to kill you, which I think makes the game a little bit more exciting. Uh, it probably doesn't have any predators or anything like that. You know, we probably aren't seeing an alien versus predator game for a long, long time. Uh, if maybe ever again, but I think, that this will this should hold you over for a little bit. We just had the Predator game come out, which, as Dave and I discussed about a year and a half ago now, is actually a lot of fun, though not without a lot of its issues. Uh, it is a really, really fun uh, 4v1 kind of isometric, not isometric, 4v1 uh, player versus players kind of game. Uh, and this game just looks like a nice co-op shoot 'em up where, you know, 100 aliens are shooting at you, coming at you, and you use your pulse rifle to mow them down. So I'm excited to play that at the end of August, uh, something nice, quick, co-op-y. Maybe Dave will actually play a video game with me for the first time in forever. I don't know. Uh, probably not, but it'd be nice to dream. Uh, I don't know if this game has crossplay, but I know it is Series X and S optimized, which is cool. So you might see some nicer stuff if you're playing it on the Series X or Series S or the PlayStation 5. Uh, that is all I've got for you guys, I think, this week, anyway. Next week, hopefully, I'll be able to play a couple of Game Pass games. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about my experience playing Chivalry 2 um, as an actual, you know, final product. And I do want to get into some Mass Effect 1. I just haven't had the time lately with my day job and stuff. But hopefully, I can give you guys, like, a little bit of a uh, review on what was my favorite or is my favorite game trilogy of all time and start actually replaying that for the new systems and give you my opinion on the changes. So that's it for now. For Two Player Bros, I'm Mike Butler. Stay safe. Keep on gaming.